Greetings to all beings of Earth and beyond. Welcome to a Talk of Thrones hosted by John Little and Keith Phillips. John is a force of nature. He is the co-creator of the Sovereign's Way, and his practical approach to completely owning one's being is revolutionary and highly sought after. Keith is an insightful being and a man of quests, having traversed a most difficult path to arrive here. Together, John and Keith share insight, understanding of self-empowerment, and provide examples of what it takes to express law with mastery and success. So, if you're looking to sink your teeth into more than grass, this is your stop. I've never, I've never waited for anyone to pat me on the back and say, "All right, you're validated. You can actually express." And be unique as you like, you know. I've never waited on that. I've always. But yeah, a lot of people, this, a lot of these people, in this in their life are taught to shut up, be quiet, go in the corner, don't say anything, or else. And that's that's like this is why I talk about, you know, when I'm dealing with people. Most people are still five and six year old children within their head. You know, they can be grown up, thirty, forty, fifty years old, and still cower when they see a police officer. Still cower, you know, the boss comes in the room. Still cower, like you know, still these same instincts to cower like a child because they haven't been taught empowerment. They haven't been taught how to have their voice, how to speak forward, how to be, you know, good but not nice, as I like to say. You know, yes. it's good to be good, exactly. but stop being nice. You know. And that's the problem with our world. Everyone's too busy worrying about being nice and tolerant that we are losing our moral compass. And this is what's happening. And, and again, it's cyclical. You know, we this is why we're putting this information out there. You know, is it going to get worse before it gets better? Probably so. But again, when, you know, we start getting back to the understanding that we need this stuff to, you know, have a, a solid foundation, at least this information will be out there for the next generation, maybe this generation, to start building upon again. Well, again, you know, we live in a world that there's been a mind virus attack, I guess you could say, you know, through our media, through our schools, through our radio, through everything. You know, we're not only being attacked through our mind, we're being attacked through our foods, we're being attacked through our medicine, we're being attacked everywhere. And I think what you're feeling, Keith, is the, you know, being sane in an insane world is what I tell people. You know, you can see the attacks that are happening. You can see the, you know, you know, the some in the legal society would call injustices, what I would call wrongs or trespasses in law, you know, but. A lot of this happens by the ignorance of people nowadays. We just don't have the understanding of what law is. You know, everyone thinks legal is law, but it's not. And when you start going down this road of understanding your rights as man and woman, it does open up doors that aren't open for the regular, say, citizen who hasn't discovered or understands the difference between law and legal. So I'd start there. You know, we're purposely not taught the understanding of law. We're taught a, I guess, a bastardized, looped down, watered version of law. It's not uh, what I would consider based on morals, based on honor, based on removing a controversy. It's more based on the understanding of money and based on, you know, hourly rates and billable hours and all this kind of Tribulations. stuff. Yeah. Yes. Like right? who, who can outmaneuver who it has nothing to do with what is true and bring remedy to 
the issue. That's right, right? So we're taught to complain instead of bringing forth remedy and removing a controversy. We're taught to go to these courts and get daddy judge to resolve these matters for us when we could have settled these matters in the private. So again, this stuff is not taught. Yeah, but this stuff is not even taught to us. How do we settle things in the private? How do I bring forth law? How do I bring forth honor? Especially if, say, my neighbor doesn't understand law and honor, doesn't understand what I'm trying to do when I remove this controversy or I try to bring forth compensation. Okay. So yeah. these these are the things that you know we're going to discuss in these blog talks. We're going to discuss, you know, how we've uh, managed within the courts, how we've helped you know thousands of thousands of people around the world to you know get their freedom back get their empowerment back get their sanity back and like i say this insane world yeah the people who speak to me they think that i'm some kind of outlier you know because information that i communicate it's real simple it's really clear but it's very empowering because i'm walking the walk and it's different when someone runs into someone who does not have a complaint about a situation, but actually knows how to go forward and address the matter and get remedy if it requires remedy because of some form of controversy. But most things on a day-to-day basis just require a little bit of common sense and a little bit of courage. And these things seem to be, I don't know, in short supply with many people because They're just uncomfortable coming face to face with the fact that if anybody has to fix something, it's going to be them. want anybody else but ourselves to fix the situation. That's pretty much what I'm noticing, that nobody wants to to fix anything on their own. Well, again, and that's done on purpose. I've, I've said it before, you know, strong men create good times. Good times create weak men. Weak Mm. men create bad times. And so, you know, this is what we're kind of in that cycle right now where, yeah, we're in the best times of our planet right now. But because we're so decadent, because we don't, you know, we avoid discomfort at all costs, all this other kind of stuff, this is what's happening. We're being very domesticated. So, you know, the, what I call the, the wolf fangs just don't come out anymore. You know, they've been all domesticated puppy fangs kind of thing, right? So this is what's going on in our world. And again, why would anybody have wolf fangs anymore when they don't even have a fundamental underlying understanding of morals anymore? You know, it takes me, you know, 10 weeks to teach someone the fundamentals of morals, understanding, empowerment, you know, a lot of unlearning and relearning in order to get to the point where they're feeling like a normal, uh, I use that word, loosely but to feel like a normal man or woman in this world who's empowered who knows their rights who walks in this world with their head held high and and not afraid of when they see a police officer or a judge or something else like that because they understand the law they understand how to remove controversy they understand how to go to honor and it doesn't cost them 20 30 40 thousand dollars in lawyer fees and all this other kind of nonsense and jargon and when we have a moral understanding as a society that's when we get to the we don't tolerate things like we do now. See, this is the thing, too, that we don't understand. You know, we got all this tolerance in the world and stuff like that. And yeah, it's great in some facets, but the problem with a tolerant society is you'll tolerate anything after a while. And the problem is when you don't have a moral society, that's what happens. You know, we lose all the understanding of having a little bit of tolerance. Yeah, and, like a base. 
right? And then it just it spirals out of control because we do have to have a moral foundation, a moral standing, or you see what happens. You know, your cities burn, you know, right. you go to jail for, you know, saying something 20 years ago and like everything's all complaints, there's no claims and all this kind of stuff. So yeah, we definitely have a, you know, a duty to the world to try to bring forth this understanding. And, and like I say, the people who have learned this, I'm quite fortunate. You know, I get to talk to a lot of awake and aware people for a living. And it's quite fascinating to see, you know, the differences that they're making in their communities, in their countries and stuff like that. So, again, this is why we're here, you know, trying to uh, bring some of this forward to you guys so that you can have a, a nice chance to get into this understanding of moral compass so that you have something that you want to stand for. Right. That's the thing. We, we don't know what we want to stand for. We don't know how to express ourselves. We don't know how to, you know, bring forth or enforce our rights. And this is why we get a society that's kind of collapsing right before our eyes. Okay. Hey, John, like if there was like a moment in your entire life, uh, what would you say was the moment of your transcendence or transformation where you ultimately realized that you could just navigate life as a man well i guess i had to have a spiritual understanding first and foremost and i say spiritual not religious i think religion is some of the most barbaric and fucking satanist shit out there but spirituality and understand that we are part of the consciousness of the all that is here to experience life and joy and love and and bring it to this low vibration earth I, I call it which can be an absolute paradise or can be an absolute misery depending on how and what kind of energy you want to bring to it so you know it started there for me having a spiritual understanding and that spiritual understanding led me to the understanding that we are unconditionally loved and there is abundance here for us but again much like how we're taught how to pray and all this kind of thing you know in these little lessons that we're going to share in this course abundance from the point of view of the the love of the universe, the love of the all that is, does not work on emotion. It does work on thought manifestation, and it does work and, and does listen to your inner dialogue. And so you can have an abundance of gold, silver, money, women, blah, blah, blah. Okay, great. But you can also have an abundance of lack, an abundance of hunger. Okay completely supported by that. You want to be depressed? The universe will say, I love you unconditionally, and I'll give you a, an abundance of things that keep you depressed. And right. so this, this is the first thing that I had to learn you know, many, many years ago, even before I came to law, was the understanding that, yes, number one, we are the conscious of all of this. We are basically magic. We are the I Magi nation, okay? And we are very, very powerful. And there's a reason why we've been systematically you know, taught that we're weak, that we're powerless, that we can't do anything, that what's one voice going to do and all this other kind of stuff. There's a reason for that because, in fact, you are quite powerful. When you tap into source, you tap into this understanding, your steps are supported each and every way you go. And so, again, you know, I have gratitude in my heart for the negative that comes into my life and the positive in my life because I use all negative for positive 
empowerment, for encouragement, for betterment, and for change. And so knowing this, you know, when I had my trials and tribulations with legal systems and stuff like that, and they tried to come after my family and all this kind of stuff, I went into it with the understanding that I was going to be supported by the universe. I was going to find the answers that I needed. So this is a big, big understanding here. So it wasn't right. that I learned the law. It was I learned the law with the understanding that I was supported 100% and I would this negative thing that was happening to me would be the thing that would be able to bring forth tens of thousands of times more positive. And so with going into that, you know, I've learned all the stuff not to do and I finally learned the stuff to do. And the thing was by all the hours of court that I went through and the months and months of going through and doing paperwork and all this other stuff that didn't work, I got to find out what did work. And I found out quite to my surprise that it's very simple. Law is quite simple. It has nothing to do with parties and codes and statutes and legislation and all this other kind of nonsense. It has to do with the understanding that you, as a man or a woman, are a creation of the all that is. And as man or woman, you are the highest on the totem pole. And on that totem pole, you have rights. Now, if you wish to diminish yourself to things underneath you, such as a legal society or government, a citizen, defendant, plaintiff, or any other title such as that, well, these come with duties and obligations. And you will be you know, brought down these different paths of limited power. Well, I went into this understanding what I was. I went into these courts understanding that I would be supported, and doors started opening up. Answers started coming forward. You know, things that were hidden became revealed. It's quite amazing. You know, when when you're so you actually had to you actually you actually had to learn on your feet in real time with real consequences. Absolutely, absolutely, and the consequences were not seeing my sons or daughters ever again. That would have been the consequences wow. if I hadn't learned what I learned, if I hadn't have been supported in the way I was supported. I can't think of bigger stakes. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so this is the thing. So this is why I always tell people, you know, it's that it's the spiritual understanding that I had first and foremost. Everything else is now I get like why people, you know, they talk about God and they say, well, you know, if you believe in God, you do support and stuff like that, and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, great. I get it. I don't like to deify or try to define the all that is. Again, who am I to try to define the all that is? But again, as for myself, a creation of the all that is, I can define myself. I can set my law. I can, you know, set my boundaries and stuff like this. So. Again, even with these courts and stuff like that, you know, we're taught that all we have options are legal systems, legal paperwork, and you have to take a title, and you have to be a party, or you have to be a defendant. Well, what if I told you that, no, you don't. You can go to the court as a man or a woman, Jane Doe or Bob Smith, and be like, hey, listen, that man took my property. Well, aren't you here to defend against the charges against you? Unless you've done something wrong, meaning you caused harm to someone, you did a theft or something like that. You know, most of these codes, acts, and statutes that you're charged with nowadays are just that. They're just complaints. And what hey, I mean Kevin, by yeah. I, I just want to interject here for a second because I was thinking about what you said when I asked you if you had learned on your feet in real time with real consequences and you stated your stakes. I just want to know how how much of a rush that must have felt like when you saw the success of just coming 
simply as a man and just coming with the honor and like the conclusion of that whole process. I know it was a deep exhalation, but I know that you also must have inhaled this empowerment that just must have infused every cell in your body. Because anytime that we get together and talk, you know, I can always feel your emanation. Like I can feel a hundred percent that you would die for what you believe. And you believe that man and woman are the highest on this totem pole. It is not something you're just saying. It is something that I can feel pulsating right out of you. Like, how did it feel when, when you initially got that rush? Like, oh, that's, that's what it is. That's the way forward. Well, the great thing about, you know, what I had to do and what you guys may not have to do if you, you know, listen to what we're trying to share here in knowledge is, you know, I had to learn, like you say, on the fly. So with the abundance of the universe supporting me and stuff like that, I got to see many different aspects of, like, let's just say judges or prosecutors doing very weird stuff, you know, stuff that never heard of by, you know, lawyers or other people that we would talk to and stuff. And, you know, not that we were using any, but, you know, we would have discussions and stuff. They'd be like, that's unheard of. I can't believe the judge did that. What do you mean he just walked out of the room? What do you mean he, he had seven free trial hearings? What do you mean he, the, the, the clerk of the court, you know, did this and did that. And right. so, so for me, it was these, you know, little reassurances that I was on the right track. Right? Yeah. So each thing, like, you know, one day it'd be like the court would be like, no, you can't do that. You need to use our paperwork. And then I'd find something that said even within their statutes or codes that said, no, I'm perfectly fine to bring in my own. I did not have to abide by their legal codes, acts, and statutes. And I wasn't part of the Bar Association, so I wasn't bound by their dues codes and paperwork and all this other kind of stuff. So this was the biggest thing that I learned about law, comedy. Or law, the law of I was that you have to be able to express it. You've got, you know, you don't want to start talking like a lawyer. You'd be there for 20 years figuring out lawyer books. But when you understand law, it is quite simple. You have rights. You have the right to be left alone. You have the right to, to you know, be compensated for any damage or breach of contract or harm, right? And you have the right to not be caused any wrongs or trespass. It's right. quite simple. It's quite simple. And that includes entities from the legal society. Okay, class, quiet down. Hey, quiet down. We're going to review yesterday. Hey, Anna, why is your phone in your hand? Bring it to me immediately. My phone is in my hand because it is malfunctioning and I was powering it off. It is not my intention to disrupt the class, Mr. Pipaditas, but are you ordering me to bring my phone to you? I sure am. Okay, I fulfill orders at cost, for me to bring you my phone immediately will cost $300, and since the phone is my property, I take it that you wish to lease it, I charge $1,500 to lease it out, would you like me to fulfill your order Mr. Pipaditas? Or, should I leave it in my backpack and continue with class? Um, yeah, just leave it in your backpack. That's right, even our little ones know how to express law emphatically. You too can learn to express your law with a mastery that leaves no room for rebuttal. Head over to myshieldandsword.com to learn more. See you there!
it's right. quite simple. It's quite simple. And that includes entities from the legal society. You know, an entity from the legal society might say, oh, we're going to take your dog because it didn't have a collar on while it was in your yard. Great. Wonderful. Well, yeah, that's a great, that's against code statute 41619. Well, we're going to take them. No, you're not. Well, yes, we are. We're within with our right to do so. Well, you are not within a right. Believe you're authorized, and I'm telling you right now, you're not authorized. And if you take my property, in this instance, my dog, I'm going to see it as trespass, way of theft, and put a claim against you. And this is the difference when I say this. I don't put a complaint in against them or a counterclaim or any of this kind of nonsense. I put a claim in against them. And it's not them. It's Bob Smith, that man who physically took my dog. And so this is the thing, like we live in a delusionary mind virus world, and I talked about that in the beginning. You know, not only a mind virus in the, you know, misunderstanding of legal and law and stuff like that, but we're also in a mind virus of we sue buildings. We're scared of agencies and the alphabets and all this other kind of shit. The they and the them are going to get us. The government's going to get us. The Holy FBI, man. the FCC, the, the thesis is going to get us. One, you know, all this nonsense. And again, when you realize as a man that everybody is a man or a woman until they come out with the fucking robots with the AI, you know, we can still hold them liable. And it doesn't matter if they work for Walmart or if they work for the government. If they cause another man or woman harm, they can be caused, they can be held liable. However, if you fight against them in their legal courts using their legal codes, acts, and statutes, you've already lost because you've diminished yourself nine, ten levels below the totem pole of man and woman under all these different titles before you even open your mouth at court. And this is why you have no rights at a legal court. But you bring me to court for some legal complaint, I'm going to press a claim for trespass by way of maybe barratry, maybe extortion, maybe theft, but actual law-breaking crimes, not complaints. Right. Yeah, and just to respond to what you witnessed when you were going through your transformation, you, you said that there were these abnormalities, but these abnormalities were acting as reassurances that were telling you that you were doing the right process, that you that you were correct. Mm -hmm. And that that's very interesting to me because you would never think that something that's an abnormality would be something that would guide you. But because you were coming outside of the system, of course that would be correct. It wouldn't be an abnormality. It would be the natural occurrence of a man coming forward right. in a fictitious world. Well, I'll give you an example. There was one part where, you know, I was talking to the to the judge and I was sitting down and he was like, uh, well, sir, go ahead and stand up to address the court. And I said, is that an order? And he said, yes, that's an order. I said, okay, well, I charge $1,000 per order plus a dollar per minute for fill your orders. Why don't you go ahead and write it down and give it to your bailiff? He looks at me. Looks yeah. at the bailiff, looks back at me. He's like, I'm, I'm not going to do that. And I said, oh, okay, well, then I'm not going to accept your order. So then he sat back in his bench. He looked at me and he said, well, then how would you like to proceed? So right there, you see what happened was he understood that I had the power of that court. Yeah. How do you yeah. wish to proceed now? Yeah. Then? Okay. Yeah. Because again, this is the thing. I'm not a slave. You know, slavery, as far as I'm concerned, has been abolished, right? And so, again, you want to give me an order, unless I've done a wrong. Again, if that judge gives me an order because I stole somebody's purse or somebody, then I better damn well fulfill that order. I'm going to jail. However, right. you want to give me an order to stand up 
pay child support or some other kind of nonsense that's not a break of law, then again, that stuff's voluntary. That's again, like child support, that's another big one. You know, how many guys are in jail right now for not paying child support? And I'll tell you right now, every one of them volunteered to go to jail. Child support is completely voluntary. Most people have no idea of that, which is crazy. And they're going to jail for this shit. And that's the thing. Once you go to court and you sign up and say, oh, I'll pay child support, boom, you have now made legal your law. Right. But to a man, that's not law. It's legal. And so to a man, he goes, well, listen, if there's some kind of debt before the court or someone making claim that I've reached a contract, I'm here to make fourth honorable remedy. However, there's no, no debt. This, is this a false claim? Is this barratry? Is this someone trying to come extort me out of money with no contract or no obligation on my end? Right. See? Now, again, don't get me wrong. Support your sons and daughters. Absolutely. Right? But to have to go to jail because you missed a payment one month, that's crazy. You know? Uh, yeah, it's, it's insane. Right? Again, it gets back to this, what I call subtle slavery. But it's not slavery because it's done voluntarily. It's done through ignorance. It's done through the lack of understanding of law. But it is done, nonetheless, day by day by hundreds of thousands of people a year. Right. How much impact would you reason that a cherry-flavoured Tic Tac would have on a whale's palate? Exactly. None. If you're not communicating as a man or woman, you are that cherry-flavoured Tic Tac having no impact. Come learn the law of I with John Little and Keith Phillips as they share mastery of impact through the communication of I. A talk of thrones where every episode is a whale of a time. See you there. When we first conceived this uh, this name, uh, Shield and Sword, I remember you saying, "Ah, oh, man, people are going to think that we're all teaching about battles and, and how to how to fight and this and that." And well, this is an opportunity for us to actually really define that. Um, so maybe you might want to start with the shield. Or yeah, the sword. yeah. Let me, well, let me start uh, with a, a saying from the Bible that's been interpreted wrong uh, for many, many years. Okay. They talk about the Bible and they say the meek shall inherit the earth. But the actual translation went, went more of, of the line of those who can keep their sword sheath will inherit the earth. Now, what Makes does sense. that mean? What does that mean? It means that a, a man who is capable of fighting, protecting himself, and able to fight and cause harm and violence, that man that can keep that sword sheath and not go down that path, but is able to, if he needed to, will be the one who inherits the earth. He won't be raping, killing, pillaging, and murdering people. He'll be understanding that he has the power to stand and uphold his law. But because he has that power, because he knows he can come to that understanding of violence, he's going to work a hundred times more harder to not go to the point of violence. He's going to work a hundred times harder to bring forth honor and remedy and removal of controversy. Right. Okay? So this is the understanding of sword and shield. You know, we're, we're all about the shield in this world, not about the sword. You know, however, with the understanding of law, law is based on the understanding of violence. It is on based on the understanding you steal my horse, you get hung. You take a loaf of bread, you get your fucking hands cut off. That's how the common law has, has was always been. It's a brutal law. And again, it never went anywhere. The only difference is people don't know how to express it to say a trial by jury or along those matters. And, you know, you get someone like me who does know how to express this stuff. Shit, I'll have you as my indentured servant. 
Okay. So, so this is the thing, you know, it, you know, law never went anywhere. We've just, the legal society, a corporation based on the city of London, you know, they've monopolized the courts with this practicing of law. Again, they've done nothing wrong. They told you they're just practicing law. And you want to come practice with us? Okay, you got to take this title of defender or plaintiff. Oh, you actually want to use the courthouse for law as a man or a woman? Oh, let us get out the way. It's quite exactly. different. Yeah, you know, uh, the way that I uh, see the children's sword, we also had discussed that, you know, the point of getting this knowledge uh, under you is you do become the shield and swear. You don't need anything to shield you because honor is at the, I guess you would say the base layer of law. So if you get the knowledge and the understanding, then law, or should I say honor, is your shield. And the sword, you know, we've always said that, you know, it vanquishes what is false. So it must be true in order to be able to vanquish what is false. So if we embody the shield and the sword, it just means that we are living in honor and we are able to vanquish what is false. Right. And this is the thing, too. You know, most violence and most, uh, uh, you know, outbursts and stuff like that happen because of weak men that don't have knowledge, that don't have stoicism, that don't know how to, you know, stand, uh, that don't know how to protect themselves and stuff like that. You know, those are the, are the most dangerous people on the planet. Right. Absolutely. The guy who, who understands these tools, understands honor, understands, uh, you know, that he stays above honor, which protects him doesn't matter what the other side does. They want to be dishonorable SOBs. Great. Let them be. We stay above reproach. We stay above honor, which protects us. So when I go to court, I am honor. And right. so that's when I bring those, those matters before a court or a magistrate. I'm no longer there to complain. I'm there to press a claim based on facts and ever support said claim. It's a whole different understanding. Exactly. Do you think that we should even touch on the whole concept of I, let alone the law of I, but you mentioned the law of I, um, but the concept of I, do you, do you okay. think we should Certainly. touch on that? Certainly, I, I will definitely touch on it. I, I think I'm the only man probably on the planet that, that says that every religion on the planet is correct. <laughs> so how, so how can that be? <laughs> right? How can that be, Jonathan? How can that be? Every religion is correct. How can that be? Well, I'll tell you how it's true. Because each and every one of us are a drop of water out of the sea and ocean of the consciousness of all that is. So what do I mean by that? I mean that you have the same creative abilities that the all that is has. Now, are we limited in the flesh here? Of course. Are we limited in uh, the, the amount of creation we can do? Absolutely. The problem is, at death, we are no longer limited. At death, we bring exactly who and what we are to the other side. And if we're full of anxiety and fear and misery and doubt and all that kind of stuff, we, as gods, will create that reality. We will create hell. We will create Sodom and Gomorrah. We will create the... The, the fires and lakes of Siva or whatever the hell we will, our imagination can come up with. We will right. fucking, you know, have the 77 virgins for our heaven. 
or we'll have the clouds with the God and Jesus, or we'll have whatever. Again, right. because you have to understand, you know, here we we are slow manifestors, but even here you see the crazy inventions that we make and the crazy ideas that we come up with and all this kind of stuff. But we're very limited. We're like in the muck of uh, molasses here in in creation uh, uh, speed, let's just say. But when you're released from the body on the other side, you you are consciousness itself. So this right. is why it's so important to understand that yes, all religions are right. If you want to believe that you did something on this earth that was against your religion, you will punish yourself until a time that you no longer wish to punish yourself. And then you will transcend onto the other side, back to the all that is loving consciousness of all that is. And so, you know, when we have this understanding, you know, it, it makes life uh, quite the journey of happiness and joy for me, at least. Right. I have oh, no I fear of death. Yeah. I have no fear of uh you know, what happens on the other side, everything else. Uh, you know, I live this day like I would live my last day, you know, in content, happiness, and, and trying to do uh, better for man and womankind as best I can. Now, I don't know if that answered your question. I went on a bit of a rant there, but you're saying about <laughs> the I am. So the I am, again, you know, this is the understanding that as, as the I am here on this planet, I am a construct or a piece of the all that is. People can say, well, that's blasphemous or blah, 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 but I'll just say to you, well, can anything exist outside of the consciousness of God? No. I mean, it's real simple. You can't right. add to the all, nor right. can you take to the all, take anything from the all, because where are you going to put it? Where are you going to hide exactly. it? Exactly. The all is the all, you know? And so, you know... And again, with the you know history and stuff like that, you know I I I've studied a lot of the history, a lot of the banned history, forbidden history, and stuff like that. And you know when you start going through the Bible and the understanding of the history of the gods of the Bible compared to the all that is God, it doesn't match up. You yeah. know all this stuff, right? And and this is the thing. And it's again, it's all used to control us. It's all used to you know you better do this or this is going to happen to you and all this kind of stuff and. You know, when well, John, you know, yeah. again, I, I, I want to interject here because, yeah, you you're hitting it right on the head because the whole point of me asking this is because people always want to know what is I when I'm explaining or uh, touching on it. And then I say, you know, listen, my eye is different from your eye. Everyone is unique. Mm -hmm. This is why it's so important. I mean, it's essential that a man or a woman have their own law of I. And the only way they're gonna have that is to connect with that I am that's within themselves. Mm -hmm. And then to be expressive. And that's exactly. the, the next step. You've got to be able to express your law, right? And that's the thing, you know, it's perfectly fine. That's why I say, you know, all religions are correct. You want to believe there's uh, the guy in the robes and this guy with the big beard sitting with Jesus on his throne, stuff like that. And that's where you're going in heaven. Great, wonderful. You will create that. You will be part of that. You know, you want to think that everything I say is nonsense and no, that's the only way it is. My religion is the highway. Great. Wonderful. All the power to you. And and that's, <laughs> you know, <laughs> good luck getting any other church to say that or any other religion. It's all about war and fighting. It's my way. We'll fight you. Religious wars, you know, all this other kind of shit. And again, I, I found that the all that is God is not uh, jealous, is not vengeful, is not you know, all these things like I'm completely supported. Right? right. And, 
you know, I, I'm supported in a loving vacuum. But of course, hey, I can be supported in a, in a hateful, miserable vacuum if I wanted to. I am that loved. Yeah, you know, John, I actually don't have no qualms with saying that. I've always thought that God was honored. Mm -hmm. You know, um, wherever the uh, honor is in the situation, I always felt that the spirit of, of what's true is always there. Mm -hmm. And so I've always uh, gravitated to just that idea. I've, I've never um, tried to make someone uh, believe that um, it's this religion or that religion. Instead, I've always said, well, you know, you always know what's right. You know, we all do. Yep. You know, yep. you had the courage, um, you know, to just go ahead and subscribe to that and just be determined to see it through. And this is why I think like a lot of the terminologies like do unto others as you'd have them do unto you are so important because, you know, just simple things like that. If we truly understood that we're all aspects of the ocean of the all that is that we all interact with that, you know, you may see things from the point of view of the victim as well as the perpetrator. Right. You know, and that's the thing, too, that you have to understand, because, you know, when we go back to source and stuff like that, yes, you still keep your individuality, but you also see everything and everyone you interacted with affected in this world stuff like that. And how do I know this? How, well, am I just making this stuff up? Well, again, you know, I study a lot of stuff like uh, NDE experience, near-death experience, where people, you know, have died who, you know, had comas, who had, and, you know, over and over and over again, different religions, different backgrounds, atheists, you know, all these people, and they come back with these same stories, but some of them will change a little different. Like if, like I say, if they're atheists or something like that, you know, it'll start off, you know, all dark and nothingness, but they'll be aware of the nothingness, and all of a sudden, you know, they'll, they'll be in fear, and, you know, and then they'll they'll accept the fear and the next thing you know they'll see a light or a pinpoint and blah 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 and you know then they'll feel this love and they come into this you know this uh this next dimension or evolution of understanding of who they are their expansiveness and you know and it seems like each and every one they start going through these different timelines of of kind of the same thing you know we go through these i guess like a review yeah, it's like a revealing, like as you die and you go closer to source, you know, you've got to get rid of the layers of earth that you have with you. Because, again, you're not Keith and I'm not John, you know, we're, we're these entities for a time, you know, we get right. to be these things, but we're not that that is not all we are. Right. right? We're so yeah, much very complex. That. Yeah, yeah very, very complex, right? And this is the thing. And I think this is why they try to keep us so dumbed down and everything else. Because I'll tell you right now, if we did a hundred years of like mass, you know, education to the point of like, you know, uh, like you know, something out of Star Trek kind of thing, you know, just to the point where we're it was all about the betterment of mankind. It was all about you know, there's no such thing as poor people on the streets and drugged out and fucking, you know, got no home and stuff like that. Like, if we really put a society for the betterment of man, within a few generations, it would be a fucking utopia. But because we have people that want to control us and keep us dim-witted and keep us, you know, generating uh, uh, fiat currencies and all this as debt slaves, all this kind of shit. Yeah, well, in order to keep people like that in check, you got to keep them stupid. You got to keep them drugged. You got to keep them entertained. You got to keep them hypnotized. You got to keep that mind virus fucking strong within them. How much impact would you reason that a cherry-flavored Tic Tac would have on a whale's palate? Exactly. None.
If you're not communicating as a man or woman, you are that cherry-flavoured tic-tac having no impact. Come learn the law of I with John Little and Keith Phillips as they share mastery of impact through the communication of I. A talk of thrones where every episode is a whale hunt. See you there. But yes, uh, most of the people that um, are very, very, very empowered in their, their self and have a um, strong sense of identity with something bigger than them, that's within them, mm-hmm. are people that just um, come from all different walks of life. Like, I've, I've never met anyone um, who got that from getting a PhD or, or a master's. You know, these are people who have went through things and processed them and came out on the other side with this empowerment, with this, this consistent ability to handle any situation with this, with this bigger than themselves perspective. Well, that's exactly it. Like, that's why I talked about, you know, discomfort. There's been many times in my life I was very uncomfortable. But yet I had the gratitude to say, well, at least I have this. There was one time I remember I was about 15, 16 years old. I'd moved out on my own and, you know, paid for an apartment and stuff like that. And uh, I had no money for food. I was able to buy a fucking big 50-pound bag of potatoes. And that's what I ate for two and a half weeks with a big pound, 50-pound bag of potatoes. Right. And I was grateful to have the potatoes. Right. And, and this yeah. is the thing, you know. But yet I went through the struggle of getting down to the point of having a bag of potatoes to eat, you know. So I got to get down to the point of like, oh, my God, like how bad can this get? And the thing is, sometimes you do got to reach those those uncomfortable, you know, situations in your life to be able to build from them to get those spiritual understandings, I guess. Because, yeah, that's the thing. Spiritual understandings come from hardship. They come from sometimes lack. They come from thinking that you have nothing only to realize that you had everything the whole damn fucking time or or sustaining real pain and Mm -hmm. um, having to come to terms with how you got yourself in that situation, you know, because with every bottom, there's a top, you know, and if you dwell on the bottom, you'll never get to the top, you know? Mm -hmm. Well, again, and as the universe, the universe goes, Oh, you like the bottom? Let me support you unconditionally. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's a sense ah. of humor in that too, right? Yeah. 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 It really is. Um, I can't say that everybody would find a sense of humor in that, but I find a sense of humor in that. And it's not that it's not um, something that is specific to me or you, but this is pretty much a known phenomena that, the more you consume um, thinking about one thing and the condition that you might be in versus what you need to do to change the condition, uh, you would find yourself, uh, I guess, taking on the part where you look at what your condition is instead of what your condition could be and what what steps you need to take. You know, you're fixating more on why you're there and, you know, what's going on while you're in there versus, hey, I'm going to get out of this situation. These are the steps. I'm going to start with this step and I'm going to make it to the next step. 
And I don't care how much it hurts or how uncomfortable it is, but I can't stay in this condition because I might as well just bang myself out if that's the case, because I obviously don't want to be in this condition. So, And a lot of that's happening, especially in today's world. You know, uh, suicide rates are, are through the roof right now. Oh, um, I haven't paid attention. Um, yeah, it, no, it's, it's really bad right now. And, uh, you know, and it's because of this, you know, I'll, I'll tell you, it's so, I guess, uh, I talk to a lot of people, you know, I'm quite fortunate. And, uh, you know, I talk to vets and stuff like that. A lot of them, you know, right. PTSD and stuff. And, you know, they'll take my course, my mentorship or something like that with me and, you know, 10, 12, 14 weeks. And they'll be, you know, taking, you know, VA strengths and stuff like that and, you know, all this other kind of stuff, try to get help for the PTSD. And at the end of my course, they'll be like, you know, I, I, I've never felt better since I've taken your course. The next thing you know, they're off their antidepressants or they're not, uh, they don't need to go to their strength as much anymore and all this other kind of stuff or at all. And right. what happens, you know? I find like again, like we said before in the warnings of this, I don't, I don't, um, I don't. Uh, let's pull any punches. Let's just say, okay. Right. And uh, you know, with these vets and stuff like that, you know, they did some shit sometimes that was horrific, that went against their nature and their soul as a spirit and conscience of all that is. They had actually caused harm, and you know, uh, to another uh, consciousness of all that is. Now they may have been. Uh, justified, I hate that fucking word by the way, justified in their actions because they were part of an army or some commander told them it was okay and everything else, but there's a reason why they have PTSD and all this other kind of stuff, and we'd have conversations you know, and and you know, it, instead of like the strengths who would be going like, okay, tell me about what's going on okay, yeah, you can't sleep, okay the, yeah, great, okay, well let me subscribe you with a little bit of this, a little bit of that, and, okay come back in next week and tell me how you're sleeping with me, it wasn't like that. It was, well, what What did you do while you're over there? Okay, well, yeah, that was pretty fucking shitty what you did. You, you should feel bad. No wonder you can't fucking sleep at night. No wonder you, you can't fucking, you know. So what have you done to try to correct this karma? What have you done in this world to, in spite of what you did, you're going to now try to do good things to at least try to balance out what you did? Did you get a hold of the family maybe that you caused harm to when you're over overseas did you you know did you uh, uh maybe send their kid to college because maybe you shot their father or something who knows right but did you do anything instead of t popping fucking pills watching the football game waiting for your next meeting with the shrink you know and wondering why you're fucking losing your shit every fucking night well again this comes back to internal responsibility yes yeah, sometimes we do shitty fucking things in this world and we got to take responsibility for it. we can't placate it we can't hide it with drugs we can't just make it go away we can't be just told that because someone said it was okay that it's okay no sometimes we got to look at our ugly uh, side of ourselves we got to look at dead in the eye and then we got to decide whether we're going to make the changes to try to you know fix that karma because that's what it all comes down to in this world is karma and free will you know and you know, even the court systems understand this. You know, it's all about karma. That's why they try to get you to take all these titles and everything else, right? So they can do things to you that would otherwise be illegal or unlawful. Right. Bypass right? The karmic debt. That's right. Okay. So once you understand this stuff, you know, it's it it starts allowing you to get past these brain barriers and stuff like that again, because like like I say, the, the medical society, most of the society is all about punching the oil light. 
not adding oil to the car when it says it needs oil. Instead, it gives you a prescription to punch out the oil light. And that's right. the whole mentality I find with, you know, especially mental health and all this kind of stuff. It's more of like, you know, guys sitting in a room, tell me about your problems. Okay, take these drugs here. Hopefully this will make it go away. Instead of what most people need is actually talk, to be heard, to have feedback, and even if it's critical feedback. You know, and I find that's the biggest thing. I find so many people bite their tongue and don't want to say anything, don't want to offend anybody and everything else. And I find that's how I've helped most people. I offend them. I push their buttons. I trigger them. I do all kinds of crazy shit. And next thing you're going, no, they're coming to me going, man, that's exactly what I needed. No one's ever talked to me like that before. No one's ever said that to me before. No one's ever told me it true like that before, you know? And now I've gotten a chance to look at it, look at myself, and now I can heal. And, and begin the healing process. And it's it's like it's it's not just like one person or two people. Like, you know, I've dealt with many, many vets over the years and it just it's over and over and over again. It's the same story. You know, and it's, yeah. it's that that lack of help, right? That yeah, lack of, um, of understanding. Yeah. It's it's not as it's um yeah, because I've had the same uh experience with, you know, dealing with men that have done, you know, things to other men can't bring them back or maim them, cripple them, you know, disfigure them, things of this nature. You know, even I myself um, have done things uh, to other men. And, um, you know, I was growing up and I was young and I was following um, just the energy that was running in my neighborhood. And I always wanted to uh, be safe, you know, so I was very strategic and martially inclined. Um, but I always try to avoid uh, getting into these things. But even the few things that I that I know that I was wrong when I did harm a man, um, those things uh, bothered me for a long time because, you know, uh, they did not deserve it, um, at least in um, that instant, you know. Mm -hmm. um, but I have talked with lots of guys, and the thing that I find most common is they don't like themselves, and mm -hmm. uh, they won't. They won't give themselves um, any redeeming um, outlet. Absolutely. And, and that's exactly what I found as well. You know, and this is where they get into this PTSD. And I don't think it's a PTSD it's as much as I'm a fucking piece of shit. I can't believe what I fucking did. Like that. You know, and you uh -huh. see the people in the family that they did that to. Uh -huh. and, and again, you know, they go to these people that are so-called strengths and stuff like that. And they're not really providing solutions. They're just providing pills to knock out the, the problem. And it's not knocking out the problem. It's just putting it deeper, making it grow stronger, making it cause even more problems with family and life and all this other kind of stuff. And exactly that. I find that most people, you know, if they just had someone to actually talk, listen, and, you know. Okay, folks, that's a wrap. See you next week, and thank you for tuning in to A Talk of Thrones with John Little and Keith Phillips. A Talk of Thrones is a My Shield and Sword production. Learn more at myshieldandsword.com.